Hey, aloha, everybody. This is Q, the abolitionist. And Crypto Gumbo. And you're listening to episode 25 of Unshackled Liberty. Hey, Gumbo, I wanted to take some time and talk a little bit about some things before we get going with the show here. Sounds good. We have a couple new patrons. Our pa- uh, we call these uh, supporters, right? Is that what we're calling them? Supporters, patrons, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have one anonymous uh, guy on Patreon who's going to give us $5 a month for the next year. So we're, so we're, we're definitely going to slide him a patch. You had somebody oh, yeah. else you wanted to talk to? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have a uh, Sliv from Twitter. It's at capital S L I V zero six, two, nine, zero six, zero, zero three. Good luck with that Sliv S L I V. But uh, he, he does a lot of really great artwork. So if you're interested in having any artwork done, hit him up in the DMS. That's capital S L I V zero six, two, nine, zero six, zero three. But he's a supporter now of Unshackled Liberty, and we're super thankful, bro. Thanks, man. So we're going to slide him a patch too, right? So yeah. this, this brings us into some of you guys may have seen us post this, um, I guess, tweeted out or whatever you want to say. Um, our morale patches are in, and uh, we're putting those together and sending them out for a $3 minimum. So if you do a $3 a month um, contribution to the show, we'll send you a morale patch. It's, it's a black uh, Unshackled Liberty podcast. It looks like our logo. So if you like our logo, you'll love our patch. It's and savage. It's pretty dope. I like it. I've been wearing it around. You, get, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing because you get to you know talk a little bit about the show. Of course, that's great for us. Um, but uh, you know, it's great for you because it's kind of a cool little thing. Um, yeah, man. So this is an opportunity for you guys to help us create more content. All this money goes right back into the show. It helps us in, improve our content, improve our gear. Uh, you know, Gumbo and I have been kicking around the idea of trying to start up a, a YouTube channel. Um, with that comes, yeah, with that comes, a, you know, some different things like cameras and stuff like that. And, and uh, man, it, it would, it would help us speed that process up a little bit. So if you like the show and want to help, that's an opportunity for you. So you can do that at patreon.com slash unshackled liberty or at anchor.fm slash unshackled liberty. So um, that's, I guess, all I want, really want to say about that. But also, comma, however you want to say it, we're going to kick around another idea. Just because we think it's cool, we know that a lot of musicians are listening to the, to the show. If you have an original piece of music that you have created yourself. Flute, you can, drums, guitar, yeah, yeah, anything. That you can claim that's yours, right? I don't, don't bite somebody else's stuff. That's just not cool. But it's yours, and you want to share it with us, you can send us an email at unshackled.liberty at gmail.com. And uh, did I get the email address right? Yes. Yeah. So yep. you send us an MP3 of your original work and uh, we'll include it as a temporary intro song. And of course, we'll give you the credit because, you know. It wouldn't come, be cool if we didn't do that. <laughs> it, would, it, wouldn't be cool. yeah, it would be really rude if we didn't. Yeah. But we'll give you the credit. Well, you know, but it's got to be original. We ask that you just, you know, we're trusting you on this. Um, if you send it to us and you say it's original work, we're going to believe you and we're going to play it. Um, but if you hose us, man, it's just not cool. And, uh, you know, nobody wants egg on their face. Nobody wants egg on their face. So you tell us it's yours. We're going to believe you. And so yeah, do that. And so that's all I got to say about that. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Dude, 25 episodes. My goodness. What's happening? I don't know. It's crazy.
Okay, so hey guys. Uh, <laughs> so, so hey, we're we're here with uh, we're here with Jay. I think I want to make sure that we we get your we get your name right. Um, I you know I'm not I'm not you know you and you and Gumbo have a lot more in common I think than than you and I do. And uh, so I, I want what's your give us a breakdown, man. Who who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? And what's your background? If you don't you know anything you feel like you want to share. So uh, yeah, Jade. Like the color Jade is yep. usually what I pronounce it. it, and it's like a it's a pseudonym, obviously Jade Martian, Green Martian, Green Alien. Got it. Um, so it's really just you know I like anonymity. I even though I show my face on camera on my channel a lot and whatnot, uh, I try to avoid that. But yeah, I, I got into crypto back in 2015. That's I think that's how obviously oh, really? how crypto Gumbo found me. And um, so we just talking a little bit about that before the show. Um, about how I got into that, we can go into that later. But really, um, I'm a former Navy vet. I, you know, kind of gone all over the all over America, all over the country, and um, really just been trying to find out where things are going as a society. It's kind of like what I obsess over day and night. You know, what's what's this world going towards? Yeah. So like a lot of people do that, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's basically what I'm all about, and that's so how you're I. Over you're overseas right now. Did you want to, are you comfortable sharing your location or? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm in uh, Malaysia right now and kind of thankfully because I'm watching from afar, at least how everything's going in America right now with between the, the way that the government handled the, uh, the virus outbreak and now the riots that are breaking out. It's rolling crazy so over there. Stupid. Wow. It's it kind of so crazy dumb. for you to see it from <laughs> outside of the, uh, you know, outside of the, the country, you know, that's, that's wild. It's, it's actually very interesting. Not so much because, you know, I've, a lot of the, the turmoil was existent before I even left, you know, it's just kind of like under the hood. It was, it was pretty evident if you're an observant individual, that there's a lot of socioeconomic issues in America, mm -hmm. but coming over here, it was interesting because apparently this just is blindsiding most of the Eastern world, at least like they, they didn't think that things like like the issues they're being broadcast now globally are like an issue in America until now. They're like, what? You know, um, my girlfriend's like so confused. My girlfriend over here is so confused by like seeing like all the stuff that's going on with how the police are handling the riots, how American society handled the the virus, and how everything's unfolding right now. It's, yeah, good. Just kind of a, a weird wake-up call to me, you know. I thought that the world was more aware of American society since we broadcast globally, you know, but I guess yeah. not. I guess the inner workings uh, comes to a surprise, uh, you know, to people who are outside of the United States. Well, there's a veneer, yeah. right? There's there's this glossy veneer of of what America is, that shiny city on the hill, as Reagan used to call it, right? And and uh, everybody thinks from the outside looking in that that we are a beacon of liberty and when you get into it, you really start examining it closely. Uh, we are not a free country. Um, <laughs> not basically, we, we, we are not, simply put, we're not. We have the highest, well, I don't want to say the highest. We have the fourth highest prison population in the world, the 22nd highest overall population. So we're over, we are overrepresented in our, in our own prisons. And then you look at the amount of people who are in prison for nonviolent crimes, nonviolent offenses. Most of those criminals, man, they're not even, they're not even really criminals. You know, we're like probably put from, in there from, early from on. Victim, yeah, from a victim's perspective, yeah. or or you get these guys that go do short stints for you know I don't want to say jaywalking. Of course, that's a little extreme, but like short stints for like a drug possession or something, something otherwise. 
you know, not great, but not, but not, not a victim, like a victimless crime, right? They go to yeah. a short stint in County for a while, but they're exposed to like real hardened criminals. Right. And then that just then becomes their, 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 their new peer group and they get out and now they're next con and they try and find a job and they can't, you know, they yep. can't get so a job. So then they're right relegated to a life right of crime where they're, yeah, we just feed, exactly. feed that I, I know system. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's true. It's true. And it's, it's really upsetting because I think that most Americans are, are, are slowly, you know, coming around to that realization. Uh, but I think a lot of people want to have those blinders on. They don't want to acknowledge that that is the reality of America, that our prison system is not a system of justice. It's a prison. It's a, it's a for-profit system. Oh yeah. 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 And it's, it's something that I don't think people really wrap their heads around that no, that it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's exceptionally rare that, a, that somebody comes out of jail, a better person. And it's oh, not yeah. because of the prison system that they did come out a better person, you know, it's because there was something in them they found, not, not something they found there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, they got there and realized, okay, I got to fix myself. I have mm -hmm. to, it's a conscious effort. They, they and, and of course they have to fight again. They have to swim upstream, so to speak, against the current to, to get the things done that they need to get done. So they can come out with some sort of a, you know, some sort of a, some sort of an education and some sort of a future. But then even then when they get out, they're fighting, they're fighting their, their record. For the, I mean, yeah. so my question is always when I talk about prison reform and, and criminal justice reform and things like that is somebody who's been to prison and paid their debt and come back out to society with quotes, right? Society. Right. Have they paid their debt? And if they paid their debt, did they pay their debt? Come on, man. <laughs> you know, like, so, like, so actually, like, that's, a, that's a good question. And it's, yeah. there's, it also kind of depends on how you want to look at the crime. You know, like you were saying, most, yeah. I don't know if most, it probably is though, most convicts are victimless crimes, are in there for victimless crimes. Yeah. You know, weed possession is like one of the highest reasons that you're in prison. Absolutely. And, and you look and at the so, states one by one and that thing's falling out. It's still holding yeah, strong in the federal thing. But, you know, that ball's rolling. Sooner or later, it's going to be federally you know, unregulated, I think, but uh, that's true. But we still have states where it's legal. Uh, yeah. Elon Musk made a tweet about this actually recently that it's legal in California now for recreational, but there are yeah. still people in jail in California for weed. It's stupid. Yeah, and so it, that's, it, that's what I was kind of wanted to talk about. So, so I, I'm a, I'm an example of that. I got popped with a little bag of dope way back in the day. And uh, I went to jail for a few days and then I failed a piss test by my probation officer and I went to jail for like 42 days. And this was just for a hmm. very small amount of marijuana back in the yeah. late 90s, right? So think about the people who had larger quantities that are probably still sitting in the, in the prison system just because they haven't got to them yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. yeah and that's the real uh, gateway. You know, when, back, in, back when Reagan, you know, you know, Nancy Reagan started this whole, you know, just say no thing in the height of the drug war. Um, you know, they, they called marijuana a, a, a gateway drug. And, and frankly, you know, what it really is a gateway to because it's of prison, <laughs> it's a gateway, yeah. it's a gateway to a life of crime, right? Because once you get yeah. caught into that thing, you, it's hard to get out. Now, I mean, I've, I, I, I believe in clean living. I'm a Christian. And, and so I do what I do to, to, to keep myself clean. Um, but, it, but that doesn't mean that like, you know, I look at people who, who do choose you know, I got to be careful how to say this, you know, look at it's a personal choice, right? Like, yeah. like, I, you yeah, know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a libertarian, like government has no, has no, you know, should have no, no say in what somebody chooses to put in their body. Right. Like, exactly. like you know, right, right, or right, wrong or indifferent. It doesn't make it right to me, you know, from my moral perspective, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it okay. Uh, 
from the way I look at it, but that's a personal choice. And at the end of the day, you got to rectify that. You got to, you got to settle that with your God. You know, it's, it's not the state that should, that should be regulating that. And it's never been the, sh- the state that should regulate morality. We have endless history upon history that shows exactly how that goes wrong. <laughs> you know, every yeah. time, every yeah. last time too. It, yeah. It's, I don't think that there's an example in human history of state morality ever, ever being even first off, having a good outcome but ever even being successful in the first place oh, i agree yeah. yeah i agree it's, because it's because it's based on coercion right and yeah. you know people people will sit back and you know that's one of the things that the that the soviets or i guess i don't want to say just the soviets but but one of the things that socialists and, and communists always talk about is is greed and how evil greed is but greed isn't just money so they look at capitalists like us like or like me i i, I you know i don't want to make assumptions but capitalists like me and they think that i'm evil because of greed and you know reality is you know, everybody's greedy. Just what are you greedy for? Power. You're greedy for money, you know? And obviously that's a human condition that needs to be rectified. Again, as a Christian, I look at that and I go, okay, that's a sinful condition. I need to sort it out. Well, but, it, but, you know, you know, it's, it's actually a, it's a universal sin. It's not yeah. just, uh, it's not just Abrahamic's like Christianity and Judaism. That's a sin. It's actually, it's actually a sin in Hindu. It's a sin in, which is also Buddhism and, and Sikh and, um, yeah. you know, most Eastern religions, you know, it's a, and it's because it's recognized, you know, we, we all as humans recognize the unfairness of somebody who's allowed to have their greed satiated. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, and I guess that's where we differ with a lot of different philosophical outlooks is how, how do you sort that out from a, from a capitalist or free market perspective, you say, okay, competition, that's how you sort it out. You, you allow for an opportunity for somebody to dethrone that guy. Through, through normal, rational, ethical competition, right? Business. Yeah. It's business, right? Yeah. 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 Sorry, the issue I see coming out of that though, a lot, though, and I think that's what we're now seeing culminate in capitalism now, is that when you, when you have a system that, you know, you strictly rely on, you know, you know who's, who's more clever in the sense of mm. selling their good, mm-hmm. you end up with corporations who have bought, you know, whether you, however you want to say it, you know, mm-hmm. supported lobbyists donated, we'll say, yep. to pat super PACs to get a politician to vote for policies that are in benefit of that company, right? right? So you can, you can, uh, when you have that level of freedom, that's where you're like, well, now is it really free? Is it is are we still free because this individual, this private individual, is now wielding more power than the collective? And anybody who would ever compete against him because they're now able to control the law. Yeah. You just described, you just described corporatism and, yeah, exactly. uh, and, and that, and that's exactly what, you know, that's that. So when I, when I say, I think most of us, like when we say capitalism, um, well, so there's a lot of dirty words out there, right? Or a lot of words that have been, that have, that have been uh, mis, mislabeled. Right. And I think capitalism is kind of one of those. And I think, and I see a lot of people on the, right libertarian side, whether you're full ANCAP or, or whether you're just a, a right-leaning libertarian, you know, um, I see more people choosing to not use capitalism because it's such a bastardized word. Right. Um, when, when you get into the root of it, you know, I've heard it described, there's two, basically two different kinds of capitalism, right? So like a capitalist would be somebody who, you know, is, is using their own personal capital to, to, you know, help, you know, help themselves in their community. And then there's other people who would use their capitalism 
or would be or a, a government run by capitalists, right? So, um, right. and I mean, I'm probably butchering that a little bit, but when you have a state that regulates your market, whether it's, you know, whether they say it's a capitalist market or whether that, whether it's essentially planned well, it's econ- economy, it's not capitalist anymore. It's definitely not free market. Right. So, right. and I know we're kind of getting into some things and a lot of people might not completely understand. And I'm sure there's some things that I, that I could probably do a better job uh, explaining, or at least from my perspective, but that's the whole issue is the government involvement. And so, you know, that, that last, the last episode that Gumbo and I did last week, we talked a little bit about these riots and I mentioned, I don't know if you heard it or not, and that's okay if you didn't, but um, I mentioned something that I didn't really, I wasn't losing sleep over Target burning to the ground. And, right. and, and, and the reason why I was, and not certainly because, I mean, I shop at Target, right? I mean, right. you know, I shop at Walmart. I'm not stupid. I know where the prices, you know, where you know, the prices right. are. Right? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I got to, so, you know, I got to live in the real world, right? I got to make ends meet. But, Walmart's been um, rolling back prices for a long time, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but you know, you're right. You're talking about corporations that have aligned themselves with the state. These people yeah. have lobbyists that for they're working for them in Washington, DC that are pushing legislation to limit their, the, their competitors access to the market. They're building these um, arbitrary barriers to entry uh, based off of lobbyists, right? And it's been said a couple of times, you remove the lobby or you remove the IRS or you remove the lobby or all these other things, then you get rid of 80 something percent of the, of the problems in, in, in a capitalist system. Um, the issue though is that convincing people to embrace that, right? Because you, that you all, you can say, we can say that. And I yeah. support that, that movement. The issue though, is that when we say this, what we're also saying is, yeah, but um, we're also going to cost, you know, probably like, 30% of jobs in America just by doing that because Walmart employs so many people target employs so many people yep. and these companies they're they're so top heavy they're so bloated and reliant on those government subsidies to keep their rates competitive yeah they, they just go out of business and then okay. all these people right so yep. it's like it's 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 one of those things though that I think eventually American society is going to have to like bite the bullet on though Exactly. It's so, it, goes, it goes full-blown communism. Right. And, and that's not that's good. I, yeah. It's, it, something I've, I've been toying with, the idea I've been toying with really is that um, really what America has is no different than communism nowadays, to be honest. It's, it's, just, it's, it's just that the power structure is inversed. You know, corporatism is really just communism in reverse. It's, it's, it's definitely centrally planned. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 And, you, and you look at, I want to come back to what you said about where do all those people go when they, when they're so top heavy and they have to lay off or they have to fall apart or whatever else. So then, then the question becomes, okay, now the market's free. Right. And, and you go back to like when the, you know, during the Obama administration, when they bailed out GM, you know, um, mm-hmm. I was in, I was in opposition to that. Right. I, I like Chevy. I've, I've driven Chevy <laughs> trucks my whole life, man. I love those things. I do. I got one now, you know, it's right. not, you know, but, but you know, the libertarian to me is looking at this going, dude, we don't know what we're, what we don't know what we're missing, right? We don't mm-hmm. know what we're missing out on. And the market is, is people say, Oh, well, it's so cold, but it's also so beautiful, right? The opportunities that are, that are, that are created. Like I'm one of these crazy guys that believes the only reason we still even drive cars is because roads are subsidized. Like we don't yeah. know, we don't know. We don't even know if cars, we'll just use this as an example because we brought up GM. We don't even know if cars are the most, 
you know, efficient mode of transportation. We don't know. It's just the one we have. <laughs> we could be flying around in jetpacks and personal helicopters. You know, we don't know. We don't know what, what yeah, some we, genius, what some genius could have, could have invented. Like, so let GM fail. Now you have well, you know, 20, 2,500 auto, auto workers out of work. Somebody's got a good idea. They're going to change right. some things, right? Like that's, I think that's, that's the whole. Don't be hydrogen though. It's, it's like uh, to, to your point though, not to go so far away from yeah. uh, not cars, but when you yeah. look at it, it's, it's exactly why we have ga- not just cars, but gas powered. Absolutely. Cars. Yeah. Why, You're why right. Right. Rubber Absolutely. tires the, are the oil used. industry. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The oil it, industry. All that. You're not wrong. Yeah, it's the petroleum industry. And so think, you're, you're absolutely I right there. I think we kind of got the same angle on yeah. this. Yeah. I just, I do because you're, you're right. You subsidize all this stuff. And that's one of the things why, you know, people don't like solar panels or whatever, at least in America, because they're still highly subsidized by the government. But there's no industry in the energy, in the ener- energy world. There's no part of the industry that's more subsidized than oil and coal and oh, all no. that stuff. You know, it's, it's that is dollar yeah. for a reason. Absolutely. <laughs> the U.S. greenback is the petrodollar yeah. for a reason. Yeah. There's it's, nothing free about that industry. No, Absolutely. Not, You're right. Yep. Not at all. But kind of, you know, which, that's the illusion. Yeah. I was going to say, which kind of segues us into why, Jay, do you think that you went the cryptocurrency route? Versus the petrodollar and the and the the, the non-backed fiat that we uh, all trade every day. The American yeah, the, fiat petrodollar. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point to segue on because um, I think that this is the, the fiat system itself. It's you know um, we can talk about the issues of companies and and all the other capitalists versus communists and all these different so, uh, economic structures, but the real crux of why most of you know the global society at this point has so much inequality is the fiat system itself yeah the underlying system because inflation is a one-way street we we sent and it and it goes down a narrow stream before it you know breaks down the brooks and creeks it mm. goes from the government the printing press to mm-hmm. special interests and it doesn't matter if you're in china or you're in america you're right. it's going to go to special interests first and then those special interests are then going to leverage that fiat to, di- to dig the populace into debt. Again, whether you're capitalist or socialist, as long as you're under a fiat system, that's how it's going to operate. And so that's really what the, uh, the kind of like got me initially into a, a, a finite currency like, what, like Bitcoin originally. Yeah. But um, yeah. what really kind of turned me, because now I'm in XRP and a lot of people see it as like this. It's, you know, a lot of people see it as this very evil coin um, and some rightfully so because mm-hmm. it's, it is from all my research, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of making a deal with the devil investing in XRP because it's, it's definitely a globalist system as opposed to Bitcoin, which is sort of anarcho-capitalist in the sense that, you know, they're working with, you know, major global institutions like the IMF, World Bank, the uh, European Central Bank, you know, over 40 other central banks around the world. And they've been in negotiations with the Federal Reserve for like at least three years publicly now. So it's like, for me, it's like, well, if any crypto is going to succeed, it's going to be them because of their connections. You know, it's like, where does power go to those near it? Right. And so for me, it's like, well, that's, that's the, the most logical step because you know even though i'd love to believe in the people um age has made me cynical 
I'm 31, you know, but still <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here watching everybody around me, you know, bicker over crumbs. Oh, I should have the bigger crumb. You should, yeah, you don't deserve this crumb. Meanwhile, there's people sitting at the top eating the entire damn pie as their crumbs or what everybody's fighting over, you know? Yeah, and so exactly. it's like, it, to me, it's like, you know, I think that as, as much as I'd love to believe that there's going to be some great awakening, you know, um, it's not apparent, you know, it's not apparent because even in the community that, you know, even within uh, uh, MAGA's where we go, one, we go all community, there is, there's a very cult-like, very uh, exclusive ideology inherent in that where it's, it's, we're right. Yeah. We are right, you know? And so that so creates... What what is that? I, you know, I, I've, I tried to stay, I've on purpose tried to stay away from the, uh, the, the MAGA crowd. I, you know, I, I made that transition out of the, out of the Republican party, um, back in 2015, uh, during the, during the presidential nomination process of the six of the 16 election. And, and I just tell you what, man, I, I, so once that started happening, man, I saw those red hats and the MAGA stuff. And I, I definitely tried to steer clear of that, but I hear this where we go one, we go all, can you shed, what does that mean? I, I've, I've been, like I said, I've intentionally tried to stay away well, from I've, it. So I'm I, have, I have tried to not dive into it because, you know, I, I love conspiracy. I love yeah, yeah. digging into the, the, that kind of stuff because I, I'm, that kind of person, I'm the kind of person who says, you know, uh, there's truth in every conspiracy, right? And there yeah. is. I'm yeah. with you on that. Yeah. I think almost every conspiracy has some degree of truth in it. Um, you know, like for flat earth, the, the truth might be that maybe the moon landing was fake, but that doesn't mean the world's flat. You know, it's, it's one of those yeah, things. True, but, true, true. What's your, what's uh, your position on Australia? On Australia? Oh, um, Australia. It's, is it it's real or is it made up? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I have no, I have no opinions on Australians. Uh, I think they're, they love, they love they kangaroos. They seem real to me. I've met a kangaroo at a zoo. I assume that it came from Australia. So it must be real. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Townsville uh, in Melbourne. I mean, yeah. they did a really good job <laughs> of faking that. I'm just saying. Right. But yeah, I, I think that honestly, the where we go one, we go all is, is a very interesting uh, movement. It, it's, it's, almost, it's almost globalist, but from a nationalist perspective is kind of what I see it as. You know, it's this, it's this idea, you know, I'm probably- Those are strange like, bedfellows, man. That's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, I, I look at a lot of the Trump supporters and I feel like there's just a very high degree of cognitive dissonance, you know, not trying to be insulting, but it seems that way because these individuals support this individual Trump who is very, very blatantly a globalist in reality, right? Mm -hmm. Like you yeah. know, when you look at everything this man's done in his life, his actions, not his words, but his actions scream globalist. He, he exported all of his production for his companies to China. And now he sits here and demonizes China as our president. Why? Because that's the talking point of the right, because that's the message that the right has been instilled with for the last 40 years or however long it's been. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. The, the, uh, China's bad for the, the right. And just like Russia's bad to the left, it's been that way for generate, at least my entire life, you know, and, and people don't realize that that's really just the, that's just the game of division at play right i uh, expect it's, one it's, of those one of those like uh old vhs commercials when when patriotism goes wrong you know or like 
something I, like that. You know, well, it's a lot of isms are bad yeah. when you get down to it. You know, it's like a, uh, I, I can't remember who it was I was listening to, but um, I I practice like uh, like I, I I practice like spiritualism. I was raised Christian, and I've I've moved more towards like a non-denominational approach to religion. And that's because when I started studying Eastern religions, I realized that the message is the same. God's God. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, and, and in Hindu, they look at it like, uh, I, I think this is why it's attractive to me, is that they look at it like this. When, when they see a, a Christian or a Muslim uh, at, at church or at mosque, and they're praying, the, the Hindu doesn't say, oh, they're burning in hell because they've chosen the wrong path. They say, oh, they're reaching out they're 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 looking for god and they respect that and you know there's obviously hindus who are going to be like you know they're the same there's bad bad eggs in all bunches um but that's what attracted me to it and i i it attracts me to that view globally you know i don't hold one faith because i think that i think we're all biased you know we, we all want to have our bias and say that our background is the right one but i think at the end of the day we're all kind of right you know we're everybody's kind of right to an extent it's just we're all wrong too you know it's like uh we have to accept that that give or take that balance it's like yeah, a, i kind of i don't i want to i want to stay away from uh, from that part of the discussion if we can because yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I completely respect i completely respect your position but i uh, frankly i don't no, I don't, yeah, I, I understand. I don't agree with that necessarily i, I understand yeah. and and to bring it back there to, to the talk of economics uh we have this dynamic in america where we where we demonize socialism and communism, but exemplify capitalism. And what that's resulted in is corporatism hmm. because we demonized socialism. We didn't yeah. embrace the, the balancing nature of it. You know, one of the reasons why America was so powerful in the fifties is because we had a healthy balance of socialist policies that kept the capitalists in check and capitalist policies that kept the socialist policies in check. I think, I think you're, I, I, again, I'll disagree with that because I don't think, I don't, th I mean, it's, you know, to me, capitalism is, again, go, we go back to, we go back to the root word. I think it's been bastardized. It, the, when, when it, we've never had a free market, you know, ever since the government controlled the money supply, ever since government started, you know, taxing or, or putting tariffs on goods, foreign goods, um, Oh. I, you know, we've never, we've never had, we've never had a, a, a truly free market. Now, what we've done is we've allowed the government to infiltrate the market and the several markets out there. Right. And, right. and, and put these, these stipulations in place and these barriers and these regulations and all that stuff that, that create this corporatist environment. But so like a free market to me is voluntary. It's completely voluntary, hundred percent voluntary. You have a buyer, you have a seller, you know, ideally, right? Like, you know, there, there's all different kinds of markets, but like, you know, we'll just use milk, right? Whatever. We'll pull one right. out. So there, there's a guy with a cow that's making the, that, that, that's milking that cow and he's selling that, selling that milk at market. And there's somebody that wants to buy it. Right. And there, and there is an agreed price, right? And that is, that price is settled on by the buyer and the seller and both sides see a value there. Right. The guy who's selling the milk is like, well, I can make, a dollar and 50 cents off of this. And the guy that's buying the milk is like, well, man, only for a dollar and 50 cents, I get a whole gallon of milk or whatever the price is, whatever they settle on. Right. And, right. and so there's, there's value created on both sides of that exchange. But when you have a centrally planned market and everything is based off of a zero sum fallacy, 
you're not going to have value that's being created, right? And so you're going to, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but I think what um, what is misunderstood here is similarly to how capitalism is now being bastardized in American society, socialism has been bastardized to be okay. conflated with communism. Okay, because they, they are yeah, yeah, yeah. they are actually very different ideologies. Socialism is workers' unions. It's it's a social economy. In other words, it's oh. you and I as employees of a company determining whether or not we're being treated fairly, not not a government agency saying that we're being treated unfairly by our employer. We okay, have so that let's, in, let's using system. using the worker union, right? And you know, yeah. I, did I interrupt you? I you know, I no, I, no. I want to yeah. Um, using that workers union concept, right? Let's say for instance that we're in a plumbers union, right? Um, and you and I are in the same union and our union says that we're going to go on strike because we're treated unfairly. But let's say for a minute that, dude, I don't want to be in this union. I think right. my skills are good. And I think I could go ahead and, 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 and work out a deal with my, with my employer. That's, that's suitable for me. And that's mm -hmm. good enough for me. And that's what I want to do. Right. Under socialism, am I allowed to do that or not? Uh, under a truly socialist system, you should be able to okay. choose your route. Now, the, the issue the issue is, and I think this is, uh, you're bringing up a very valid point because there is a slippery slope to all things. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's something we need to, that as, as a society, we need to really wrestle with, you know, because I think we all want to think that there's one, there's one best way, one best solution to everything. And, and the reality is it's, it's like uh, really, you know, more common in, in Eastern teachings, but there's balance in all things. If, if you have a, a ecosystem, of nothing but predators, then eventually there's not going to be any animals left because they're all going to eat each other. I agree. You have to have the, the plant life's going to go wild, but you know, there's not going to be any animals left because they've all eaten each other. And so you have to have balance in your system. And that's why I say that, you know, why I believe that the fifties was one was the golden era for America. And that's, you know, that's kind of visible, not only in standard of living, but, in the, the position of the American economy coming out of World War II is because we had this, these social programs, we had a very strong workers union, we, on top of these, these infrastructure programs that you, know, you can't really profit from as, as a capitalist unless you're gonna put toll roads every five miles. And then you're paying for a toll road every, instead of out of tax, it, you might as well just pay a tax. You're gonna pay the toll anyways. You know, it's, but at least if you're paying the toll, the guy who's using it is the one who's paying the toll, right? And so well, you, have this, I mean, you have this fee for use concept, right? Like, so if, if, I, if I choose to use these services and I gotta pay for them per use, then that's at least a fee for use concept, right? But if you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna tax granny, if you're gonna tax the granny who's already on a fixed income for driving and she don't drive anymore, right? That like, that's not right. Or how about the kid that, you know, the, the family the that doesn't have kids, but they gotta pay for the public education, I, right? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the question. How does grandma receive her groceries? Okay. I don't know, from She's airdrop. Gonna have to, they're gonna, yeah, exactly, right? Like, Elon Musk. <laughs> somebody going to drive down that road to drop grandma our groceries off. Yeah, so then the guy that drives down the road should, should pay the toll and tack that onto Granny's fee, right? That, that, That's okay. a fee for use. But here's the thing. So she, yeah, so grandma is still paying the fee though, right? Because now that, that driver has to pay this fee, so he's adding it to her charge for her gro to get her Yeah, but it's prorated, right? I mean, so it's like, you know, it's one of those things that maybe, maybe, that maybe it's prorated, right? Like, so... I don't know, man. I feel like these direct fees, if one of the, you know, I look at taxation, like if I have to pay taxes and everybody in the world has to pay taxes, I like to write that check. I want to see that check yeah. written. 
you know, and I want people to write it so they can see how much they have to pay. And maybe that, maybe they go, wow, dude, that sucks. And there's probably a better way to do this. You yeah. Know? And I think there's, there's definitely a lot of bloat in the, in the system and, and capitalism does have a very, you know, race to zero mentality with your expenses. That said, when you have a decentralized system where you have a lot of small businesses that will say small businesses who own all the roadways, there's actually a lot more expenditure and a lot more waste in that system than a Walmart. That's, that's one reason why Walmart is able to monopolize on us. You know, even though they're getting subsidies from our government, we're still able to afford dirt cheap food from them. Stupid food because it's such a, a large machine that has, has, you know, for a lack of a better term, monopolized on a highly uh, efficient, you know, uh, distribution center, distribution system yeah. that no small businesses can ever achieve. And that's why they can't compete. You know, it's, it's there is the, the subsidies issue, which I think is just as big that plays into that, why small businesses can't compete. But, but the Walmart would have never expanded to the point where they could buy politicians if, if there wasn't power in a centralized distribution system for groceries, for example, or for anything. Same would mm-hmm. go for roadways. So while, while you might be able to avoid grandma paying for the toll that since she doesn't go drive anymore, the person who's bringing your groceries is probably paying more to use local, you know, road owners paying their local tolls every few roads than if he paid a tax and she paid tax, their, their split, their shared tax probably less than even he would pay. You know, well, I mean? we're, 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 we're like theorizing now right we don't that's, have that's a, a, we don't have, we don't we, we don't have a model to we don't have a model to bounce that off of but I, i'll tell you this i, I think you know in, in, in line in line of the spirit of being you know of theorizing yeah if if you had to pay the toll directly right and and 330 million americans obviously give or take based on who's actually driving had right. to actually pay the toll mm-hmm. you don't i mean I think there'd be a little bit more like, well, there's got to be a, there's, there would be a better, a, there'd be kind of that, that awakening that we talked about a little bit, like, hey, there's got to be a better way here. Maybe, right. maybe we don't need these roads. Maybe the technology has advanced far enough where we can do something a little bit different. Like, like without government, that's like always been the, always been, if you're, if you're an anarchist and you, and you're for like I, like I am, you're always hearing the argument, what about the roads, right? Mo roads. Right. Everybody says it all the time. And it's legitimately a pretty good argument. Um, as far as it's something that we see out in front of every home, the subsidized piece of asphalt that runs by every house, every neighborhood, every apartment complex, and takes right. you over to, you know, the, the, the city center where, you know, mom and dad work, you know, and mm-hmm. the grocery store right down the street where we get our food. So it's a pretty good argument. But I'd like to think that we're all pretty smart. And even the dumb ones are pretty smart, right? Where we can yeah. go, where we... I'm right, I'm right here, baby. What's up? <laughs> we love you, Gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> where we would, where, you know, I think we'd be able to figure out how to get from point A to point B without publicly funded subsidized roadways. I think right. we'd be yeah. able to do that. And once it became painful, once those tolls became painful enough, what would that do? That would spur on innovation, right? Somebody would come up with a good idea. Somebody who's sitting there in traffic, mad, like, dude, I don't want to be here. I'm sweating. My air conditioner just kicked off. It's August. I can barely keep this hunk of junk on the road. There's got to be a better way. I know. I had this idea back in the day about, you know, 
teleportation and I think I can make it work. Now I'm not obviously, you know, I don't know what. Yeah, right, right. You're just, you're just using the, 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 I'm not, a, I'm not a physicist. I don't know any of that stuff. Yeah. Right. I'm just kind of like, so, you know, whatever, but somebody's right, going to have right. a better idea. And, and me, the guy that, you know, I know some things really well, but I don't know all things really well. So I'm going to stick to my swim lane. I know yeah. ships. That's what I do, you know? And, and you know, when, but so I won't, I'll stay away from the road transportation problem, but there's somebody out there that has a better idea on how to do this. And if we spur that innovation through pain, right? Not that we want to hurt anybody, but you know, necessity is the mother of invention, dude. And mm. so if we, if we get in there and we realize, Hey, this kind of sucks and there's gotta be a better way, then let's figure it out. But right now we, we don't feel that pain because of public subsidy of, of the roadways. So and, actually, um, this is a question. Then. I, don't is, I don't know. Is the public subsidy better than since we don't feel that pain you know the the as a society we don't feel the pain around roadways or around fire departments you know yeah, nobody right. like, it depends on it depends on what your definition of better is right so like is it more comfortable yeah i think that's, that's is that it, yeah, my definition, is it right because it's yeah like, is, is, it, it, is, it, is it is it more comfortable yeah yeah is, is it is it something out of sight out of mind and i think that's yeah. part of that, that is the that is a very um insidious aspect of, of the right. way that a lot of things are funded through taxation. Well, they right? say what full bellies don't revolt, right? That's a, that's a common, yeah. that's a common thing. That's not, you know, I didn't make that up, but uh, <laughs> that's actually, my, no, it's your, it's a very yeah. famous saying. That's actually yeah. what I'm most worried about looking at, at y'all back home right now. Yeah. Full <laughs> bellies. Yeah. Full bellies don't revolt or theoretically until you look at some of these riots that are going on. Right. Bunch so, of, well, bunch that's, 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 a riot. that's not revolt yet. I, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen armed militia out in the street. Correct. But, but so that, that What's stopping yeah. the, the advancement though, right? Because we all look at this stuff and, you know, and we go, okay, there's, there's, there's probably a better way of doing it, but we'll never get there if we continue to make the same old, same old, super comfortable, right? Like we yeah. subsidize these behaviors. That's, a, that's one of the rules of economics, right? That if you subsidize a behavior, you can expect more from that, more of that kind of behavior. And yeah. uh, so we keep subsidizing these roads and we're going to expect more partnerships with the government and auto manufacturers, man, and, and all this other stuff. And the, and the, uh, you know, petrodollar and I don't know, I'm sorry, scratching my leg here, but you get the idea. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, uh, it's not real is what I'm trying to say. It's not real. It's not our best, you know, we can do better. And again, that comes to with what is your definition of better for me necessarily better doesn't mean more comfortable. Right. I'm I'm hanging, I'm hanging out at Walmart still in the rear view guys. Where, Where did Walmart go wrong? Like, like, I get it. It, it absorbed all the small mom and pop shops and it's become this huge, you know, conglomerate yeah. basically. So, I mean, uh, that's what I see would ha- that honestly, that, that is kind of where I was getting at with the, the privatized roads. You know, that's yeah. ultimately what happened. The, the road owners would just end up becoming, you know, multi state companies. They own roads across entire states and then they become a national system that, is then buying politicians to make their roads even more high tech. You know, oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have light up, you know, medians and stuff. We're gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna make we're gonna make them look like runway strips. You know. So, <laughs> so how not? about this though? How about this? What what if what we're talking about right now is a lot of the problem that's happening, and we're seeing uh, something die, and the uprising yeah. of something new possibly. So I well, guess I think my, that is. yeah. So my question, let, let's just say we can all agree that regardless if it's forced or if you're watching from afar, some sort of collapse of some sort is happening right now. Oh, that, can we all agree on that? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's there's, there's definitely a change happening. Okay, yeah. so oh, a change, a collapse, however you want to 
define it. So, I think I think change is change is more comfortable because it it is scary to look at uh, from the aspect of it is a it is a uh, systemic a seismic change that we're witnessing unfold before us, um, and I think that I, it's going to be interesting to see if crypto is at the center of that. I that's think that what I'm of, saying. That's what I think. Yeah, and, like, and I think that I think that uh, you know you and me, Gumbo, are in that same boat. That crypto appears to us to be at the center of that. Now, something I've struggled with. I've, I've kind of taken a step back from XRP. You've probably noticed on my channel, I've, I've really just stepped aside from crypto for almost almost about six months now and almost entirely exited out of the space as, as a, with my eyes and my mind mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, disillusion myself. You know, I'm trying to get to this point where it's like get the outsider's view yeah, of it. I understand and see where the rest of the world's at for a change. Now that I have this, this deep understanding of the mechanisms to see if I still see that connection looking back in and it, it's something that i'm really struggling with to really see you know um whether or not the world's actually paying attention whether or not those in power are actually paying attention to what we in the crypto community are watching unfold and it it's hard to see it honestly when i when i when i distance myself from xrp and and all that we've dug into it's really hard to see the op it, you know it's it's not it's not visible at least on the surface that now there's there's a lot of things that come out of the IMF still that's like, wow, they're, they're just, they're just plastering it right in our face. It's, yeah. it's right there in, in, yeah. in the fold and open, but you know, the IMF's not a, a governing agency. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a suggestive agency, if anything, you know, they, they suggest what the world should do, not, they don't mandate it. And so it's, it's a, it's very interesting. You know, I, I think that what we're seeing in China, it's very evident that, that they are going into this new revolution. And the question is, what is America doing? What is, is I, I worry that we have become so inundated with the left-right politics, the left-right dynamic, yeah. that we become blind to the, the greater picture of the world moving on beyond us. And I think a lot of people in crypto, uh, especially in XRP, they don't want to acknowledge that. Hmm. Yeah, okay. a, lot of, okay. a lot of people don't want to acknowledge it because you know, well, as Americans, we want to continue to believe that we're going to be the leaders of the world, you know, all of our lives, you know, I know that you two are both a little bit older than me, but all of our lives, America has been the, the, the leader of the world. We've led in every major innovation, every major progressive step for society. And yet now at what could potentially be the most monumental shift, at least in like the past two, 300 years is it seems like America's like, no, no, we're, we're not doing that. And when I look at it, you know, from a, a perspective of what is America, it's an empire. Yeah, and how, how does yeah. it maintain its imperial rule? Well, through two methods. Through force. theft. <laughs> and, force. <laughs> and that's exactly the other one, theft. Theft, yeah. theft through having the dollar, which is the yeah. global reserve. And... So how does, how does America lose power? By transitioning to a system that removes the power of their dollar. Well, because when you remove America's power with the dollar, you pull out the rug from the, the military industrial complex. We can no longer fund the obscene scale of our military industrial complex. Yeah. You can't you print know, that money. Go, yeah. go missing every yeah. four to five years now. Oh, yeah. 
And everybody's like, whoop, whoopsie, oops, yeah. how'd that it's happen? Just, it's just a correction on their books is what they do. They just, yeah. they, it's just a, they just settle something out. And yeah. um, no, that you're right, dude. That's uh, we've gone from in 240 something years, right? We've gone from uh, this is well, so this is the argument against that I have against the existence of a state anyway, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we have a, uh, a, some would say a perfectly fine document in the U S constitution that's supposed to limit the power of the government, but it's done none of, done none of that. Right. Like, so right. we've gone from the smallest government ever known, right. Um, mm-hmm. The most, the most decentralized government ever known with the 13 original states after the revolution, right. Under under and under a loose articles of confederation to now the biggest empire the world has ever seen in 240 yeah. years. Okay. So this is the state. This is what government does. The health of the state, or sorry, war is the health of the state. I didn't say that. That's not my original thought, right? But that's, so we have spent in 240 something years of existence, 220 something years have been in war. Okay. We have, we have 93% of our nation's existence has been firing rounds downrange at some brown people. Okay. Um, and that's, that's sick to me. And if you're an American and you don't understand that you, if you're one of these red-blooded, flag-waving Americans, okay, I've been there. I know what you're feeling. I, I know this hurts your feelings. I, I've been there. I'm telling you. But that's not freedom. And the state is evil. And it's been evil the entire time. In fact, I just, I did, I did a show with, uh, oh man, I'm getting all worked up, but I did a show with, um, <laughs> with it's, it's easy, boy. Easy. With, with, with Bushido, right? Military, it's hard. It's yeah, really dude. hard. To- well, so look, listen, man, I did 13 years in the Navy and I believed every day of it, man. And then, yeah. and then I got out 10 years ago and now I'm kind of looking back on that going, well, I guess I contributed to some baloney. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, I did a show with Bullshito on the 11th Amendment, and that's like the very first amendment that, that was ratified in Congress to protect the state from us, the individuals, yep. you know? I, and, I, uh, I looked at that part. Yeah, I remember that, listening to that. Yeah, so that's, to me, is like, this is, this is people need to wake up and understand. And I, and I have a quote here from Frederick Bastiat, right? This is not, I love these quotes, and, and he's one of my favorite guys, right? The real cost of the state is the prosperity we do not see, the jobs which don't exist, the technologies to which we do not have access, the businesses that do not come into existence, and the bright future that is stolen from us. The state has looted just as surely as the robber who enters our home at night and steals all that we love. That was Frederick Bastiat, right? So not me, but that's that's the truth. And when I go back to the market and say, we don't know what is possible because the government is in control. And, and uh, you know, you, it, we've gone from a small, co- a small country, a small government with big hopes and dreams, right, to the most abusive and bullying nation in the history of history. And it's, and, and, yep. and it's, and it's unsettling for, I don't know, we, we're, we're, a, we're less than a month away from our Independence Day where we get to celebrate our freedom while we're all on lockdown for this coronavirus. I think it's going to be a real interesting yeah. Independence yeah. Day this yeah. year. I think yeah. there's gonna be there's gonna be an Independence Day unlike any other. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> if that went off the rails a little bit, but no, kinda... <laughs> no, it, you're, you're you're preaching the truth, you know. Keep Kill. going if you got more, you man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should, I can't. I, think, I can't I think handle too much of this. Man. I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to throw my chair out the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think uh, you must be the real you because all the I'm not. Logs, so the funny thing off. is, I get so I, I get that's, confused that's every funny, once in a while. So Q is so Q. I'm thinking about like the problem is I got a Jay, little bit Q of Q is behind. Q. 
You're so good. Oh, I'm he joking, is. I'm I can joking. tell now. Yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, so, don't don't uh, tell tell people that because I'll be like, <laughs> oh my god, we found the real one. So I'm not. No, I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's an initial, right? Cue the abolitionist, and I look back and I go, well, I mean, I, I came up with this name. Obviously, it's it's not. You know, my parents didn't name me Cue the abolitionist, right? So, right. but uh, you know, it's something I use for this. Uh, I think that's a pretty dope name, <laughs> but um. It's something that, that I use for, for my social media thing, and it's got a little steam behind it now, and so I probably won't change it because it's kind of got going. But, man, I've had to answer that question more times, and I, I didn't even know who QAnon was or what that whole thing was when I came up with his name. Right. And now I'm like, oh, well, I don't know, dude. I, I, I'm in it, I guess, and I just got to keep explaining that I, that's not me. <laughs> I, think it's kinda, I think it's cool how it worked out that way because you, you kind of get a little bit of like, whoa this guy's into the Q thing and they listen, they listen to you. Like, this is not I'm, a Q guy. What is I'm not? Like? <laughs> so, so Jay, Jay, what is your take on the whole Q anon, like the, the, the Q pub map stuff and the drops and the breadcrumbs? Like what, what what's your theories on That's that? Interesting or? actually. Cause if, if I hadn't fallen down the bearable guy, mm-hmm. you know who bearable guy yeah, is. Yeah. I don't know if you were familiar with Q, but yeah. uh, there's this bearable guy individual in the XRP community who, He's this, his, he uses this avatar that's a bear wearing a jester's hat, it's a cartoon bear wearing a jester's hat, and he's created all these different breadcrumbs and, and, and gifts that like apparently have hidden meanings in them. And I think if I hadn't fallen down that rabbit hole in 2018 and dug my way out, I'd be in the queue and on community. Yeah. I'd, I'd be one of them because it's again it it ticks all those boxes that just gets the conspiratorial mindset like stirring and really digging and it but it the issue is since i went down that bg rabbit hole i realized as soon as i saw q that he's the same kind of person mm-hmm. he's just he's just he's just a puppeteer mm-hmm. he he's putting out it's it's like a it's like a it's like a fortune teller right what what do all fortune tellers have in common they're going to they're going to tell you some really broad general prophecy about your past that yeah. applies to like basically everybody you know you, you're going to be a real weird individual if their their whatever backstory can't be applied to your life because it's nothing personal yeah and you're per- per- perceived uh, you know you, you you will pick up on it because you'll you'll be like that's me that that, that matches yeah, me perfectly exactly it's horoscope yeah and so they they're using the same the same uh method to to attract followers to attract a cult following and that's that's really how i see q and um a lot of people what because what they'll do in the same thing we do with bg is we'll take things that occur and then we'll we'll find a way to connect it to a a image that bg or q posted months or years ago and be like see he predicted it all this time ago yeah. All mm. this time ago, but it's when you actually like look at it in retrospect, it's like, no, it's it's really not though. It, it's really just, you know, if at best it's coincidental, and in a lot of times, the leap of faith to even make some of the connections people make. Yeah, you know? and on purpose, on purpose, purpose, or is it just kind of like a culmination of oddities that happen in the world? I I think it's on purpose. Okay. Um, yeah. Mainly because when I watch. As far as like these individuals doing this, I think it's it's intentionally deceitful. Yeah, um, okay. In the case of Bearable Guy, I think it's because he is somebody with really fat bags of XRP who wants to incentivize high liquidity in the market during times whenever he wants to dump. Right. Yeah, and then and he, so, yeah, works it. Yeah. So it's uh, 
as far as um, QAnon, I think it's very similar. I think it's politically motivated. He's somebody who, I, I think, honestly, QAnon is, is a revolutionary. I think is is really what he's about. He's trying to incite a revolution. Or Bro, he's a fed. He's a fed. It, it, he's well, a fed. Hey, hey. If, if, he, if QAnon is a real guy, he's a fed. He's keeping everybody divided so the state can grow. That's that, who that's he is. True. Hey, that, is, he, really is, is he a fed or an ex-fed? Is he I mean, a boogaloo boy and, or is and he if a federal and if he, agent? And if he's even a guy, right? Like, and if yeah. he's not just some CIA agent that's like pumping stuff out there, bro. Like, or that, some, that's probably you know, a more realistic re- reality. He's an alphabet boy or an alphabet yeah. boy, like a group of, he's a division of one. the FBI or the, yeah. a, or the it CIA be or the NSA yeah. or something like that. Or, it has to be or a, some a, joint or some joint task force of all, of all those crooked alphabet organizations working together. It would have to he's be a, a collective, fed, man. It would have to be a collective. I mean, there couldn't the be one The only reason why I don't give him even that much credit, though, is because he's been wrong so many times. Like it's like misinformation and disinformation, dude. It's yeah. just kind of, you know? Yeah. There's, so like, there's I don't so even want to give him that much credit, yeah. though, you know, because that's even that's putting too much faith into him, calling him psyops. You know, it's like, uh Because that gives validity to an extent. That, well, that gives validity because there's a lot of people in QAnon movement who – who acknowledge him as psyops and like, yeah, but that's the point. That's the point. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, no, you don't and, get it. <laughs> and all, all this stuff is when we're all so confused as to what the hell's going yeah. on. Exactly. I just, keep, exactly. I just keep, you know, I just trend towards freedom, dude. Like, you know, yeah. if you trend towards freedom, that's the truth to me, man. Like it's, you know, it's, it's just, you know, the individual is the smallest minority and, and, and the individual is, is the one who's sovereign and no, no number of people voting can, can, can change the fact that everybody has the right to life, liberty, and property, you know? And, uh, you know, I just, I, I don't know, man. I just, I can't get, I can't, <laughs> I, I'm intrigued by the whole QAnon thing, obviously partially because I share an initial with whatever that is, but right. uh, we are, I mean, uh, that's the, Oh, that's basically the only thing we have. In there's common. something to it, but like, like, like Q, like you're saying, like Jay was saying, it's, it's just, it's controlled from the other end. It has to be yeah. because it's the yeah. way it comes out at our end right as as we it's see it in the world like, uh, to be honest it's it's how i think a lot of people on on the on the political left look at black lives matter it's a lot of them are looking at what we're the protests rather are looking at like it's it's a hoax you know people a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that there's that there's actually protests going on even or that there's any legitimacy to it or that they're trying to find some way to to um uh, disavow it or not disavow is where I'm going for, but uh, discredit it, right? And so, what I I think that there is some level of legitimacy to it or to that claim in the sense that you know it's the same thing as Q. It's sowing divide. You know, if, yeah. if you if you really had a movement that you wanted to empower black people, you'd you'd just literally pick up MLK's movement, the poor people's can uh, poor people's campaign again. Yeah. And and then you yes. write, you and you don't you don't so to see the division between races you unify like the lower half of America under one flag yeah and then you get changed for predominantly black people because most black people are impoverished you know yeah, the, well, they don't the, yeah they don't want that man and I'm not talking like they the ones who are in power the you know and and I did a, a we talked a little bit about this uh, a while ago on. Uh, you know, the u- universal slavery, right? Like, like we've universalized mm-hmm. slavery. We are all on the plantation now. And, 
And yep. uh, how do you keep your slaves in order? Well, it's easier to keep them in order if they're fighting amongst themselves. You don't want them to look, look up at the, you don't want start? them to look up at the plantation house and go, yeah, that's where we need to go, right? You don't want them doing that. You want them fighting in the fields amongst them amongst themselves, and that's, and I think sometimes the, uh, and I don't think the Black Lives Matter necessarily um, has that agenda. But I think they're infiltrated by some agent yeah, agent yeah. provocateurs when they're that, when they're going out and doing their thing. And there's certain things about them I don't like. I, I'm not a big right. fan of a, a lot of their stuff. But as long as they're being peaceful, bro, I'm like, dude, do your thing. Be peaceful and exactly. do your thing. If you have a legitimate and, gripe, I think you do. Do your thing. But if but if uh, once those agent provocateurs get in there and they start chucking bricks into glass, you know, windows and things like that, that's that's not. It changes. You know, the, yeah, it, changes it changes the whole that. dynamic. And and then now now the slaves and. Again, this isn't a race thing. I'm just using I'm just using a metaphor we all we all understand because we understand American history. Right. You keep the slaves fighting in the field, man. You don't want them charged into the plantation house, man. And, it's uh, it, uh, you know. it it goes to the art of war. You know, a lot yeah. of people oh, yeah. think that yeah, the yeah. art of war. Most people, when they hear the art of war, they're like, "Oh, well, that's just strategies for winning in combat." And it's like, do you not understand that ruling an empire is perpetual warfare? It's social warfare yeah. and the same tactics of combat of, of armed warfare apply to social warfare. I agree. Even more so in many regards. It's ma manipulating yeah. the individuals within the castle walls. Have yeah. them fight one another so that there's the problem solution reaction. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think it makes it up. You know Hungarian I mean? dialect. Yeah. 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 yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. They call it. yeah. I gotta yeah, look that up. I'm saying it wrong again. I always say yeah. that wrong. <laughs> It's interesting because I, I spend a, speaking of Art of War, I, I, ever since uh, I was introduced to The Prince in college, the, by, you know, Machiavelli's The Prince, I, I started connecting pieces. I was like, you know, this doesn't really apply to my day-to-day -day life um, as far as how I engage with other people because I'm not, I'm not some emperor who can, you know, rule with an iron fist and then make friends. You know, you can't make friends that way. But when well, you can, you but it's not the, uh, the the good friends that you would want at your side, right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, when I realized that, you know, when I applied it to the actual current present day ruling structure of, of America, even, I was like, well, everything in the prince applies even, you know, what, like 300 years later almost. And so then I started digging into books like Art of War. I didn't read Art of War until I was like 23. You know, it's it like one of those things that I... I I had heard about it. I had a friend who read it and recommended it when we were in high school. Even I was like, "Oh, it's, it's a bunch of Eastern nonsense. It's a bunch of Chinese nonsense, or whatever." And I didn't get into it until I was about 23 after reading the Prince. And then after that, I went into the 48 Laws of Power. Bro, that thing was legit, man. The Art of War. That that that's legit. Have I'm you like, have you read the 48 Laws of Power? No, I need to. I guess it's on my list for this year. Yeah, it's. It's another another book that you absolutely have to add to your to your read list because Forty Eight Laws of Power um, depicts exactly almost everything we've talked about as far as as far as how the system controls and manipulates mm. the, the mm. public opinion, and it's okay. it is one of those books that when I when I went through for the first time, I went through it a second time like that same day. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is like, because there's so much in it, and it's like every single law is in practice in politics in in society to date and it's one of those things where like if you if you observe it then you get to really see how the system maintains that thin veneer of of control over us of of you know 
keeping us divided, how it operates. So it was like, it was one of my favorite books. It's actually like my number one recommended to everybody. Always, always got to throw it out in every conversation. Get into yeah. it. Maybe I'll get into that. Okay. Let me ask hey, you this, Jay. Hey, can uh, I jump in real quick? Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. So, um, I'm up against a, a block here. I got a, I got a bail. Um, but I'll just excuse myself in the meeting. You guys keep it going because I think we got something awesome going here. I, I really wish I could stick around for the whole conversation, but, but Gumbo, you got it. All right. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. And Hey, hey, Jade, it was, it was great. It was great talking to you. Great meeting you. And, and, uh, well, I will, we'll, we'll pick up this conversation again. I'm sure. Likewise. So. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, all right, man. It was a good one. Yeah. I'll take, take it easy guys. And sorry, sorry to bail on you like this, but I got, I'm hard up against something here and I got to take care of it. All right. No worries, man. No, we'll catch yep. up later. Later. Yep. Bye. All right, so I guess uh, we, we kind of uh, missed a lot of the, the XRP talk since we keep getting back over to. <laughs> well, to I, I, I guess the, the, the conversation. Yeah, I guess the conversation would. Uh, XRP is important, I think, but um, cryptocurrency in general is very important. But uh, I guess I just wanted your thoughts on it because I know you're so well versed in the, the cryptocurrency uh, information, and I just kind of wanted to know your thoughts. Yeah, so um, aside from what I already touched on earlier, I, I think that the great financial reset is, uh, you know, it's, that's a term that we, the, the, the great reset is something that we've heard a lot in the yeah. community. And I think it's, it's something that's inevitable. But I, you know, again, since I took, I've taken a step back, I, I'm becoming more and more cautious about attributing it to XRP or crypto in general. Or yeah, crypto, as you know it, um, you know, because there's now these central bank digital currencies. Which yeah. I mean, it's in there, but where exactly is the hard part to yeah. try to decipher, right? Yeah. So, like we we've been digging. Like I, I spent probably half the time on my channel that talk about XRP. I probably talked the other half about uh, central bank digital currencies mm -hmm. because they're they're like the peripheral. They're what everybody. They're what the average Joe is going to see without ever knowing XRP exists. And so yeah. I've, I've started to have this real concern that, you know, um, like we were talking about earlier, we, you know, we, there's always these, there's smoke screens everywhere when it comes to how power uh, structures itself, how it hides where, where it's concealing itself. Yeah, I've had flashes so, of that that brings me to worry with cryptocurrency. I know yeah. it's there. I know it's going to be part of the future. It's, and it's being developed now. It's probably about to be rolled out in some form or fashion, but figuring out what that fashion and form is going to be is just <laughs> good you know, luck, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, so where do I, where do I, where do I put my eggs? So they're going to hatch, mm -hmm. you know, where will my eggs hatch and where are they just going to go rotten at? Because where we're at right now, it's like, you know, it's, I really am so confident in XRP, namely because of the connections that are visible, but then, yeah. you know, there, there's a very real, possibility that there is something in the background that all of these central banks are going to use instead and they're just using ripple yeah, they're just using ripple to get the technology and to to develop the system and they're going to implement their own so there's a there's a few other cryptocurrencies that uh people have mentioned none that are coming to my mind right now because there's like five or six you know and i can't really even think of them right now but there's there's one specifically i can't think of the name but it's uh has a golden icon and it's used like the UN logo. Um, 
Are you talking yeah, about XLM? Are you talking about uh, Lumens, Stellar Lumens, Stellar? No, no. Honestly, I think Lumens is totally a, a sham, like an okay. utter and complete scam. Um, so I've heard things about uh, Chainlink and uh, VChain, Tezos, V-Chain, Digibyte. VChain will be great for the... Um, uh, uh, transportation uh, logistics industry. Uh, Ch- Chainlink is going to be essential in the derivatives market, which is a massive, massive market. The question is how much value will Chainlink capture? Is the real big question there? Um, yeah. I think what, it does have problems, but so, I don't uh, like. I mean, I, I could sit here and go down the list of all the different cryptocurrencies that I've heard stuff about, but I guess it comes down to here's, here's some of the paranoia I've had in my mind. Like I do believe that cryptocurrency digital assets, however you want to define it is going to be part of the future. I mean, it's obviously we're, we're halfway there, if not more. Right. So um, what's scary is Bitcoin, which is fantastic is the the name it's the, it's the it's the granddaddy it's the uh, right. first mover's choice right and 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 it's cool i respect it whatever uh it just exists as it is and that's fine and it's not going to go away anytime soon i don't think unless it just kind of falls out of the sky but what scares me is what if these things don't go in, up in value as they have in the past from 2016 ish 2017 up to now you know what i mean everybody's expecting this huge bull run this huge cryptocurrency uh altcoin bull run man what if it doesn't happen you know what i mean like everybody's yeah. so invested and heavy in it right so what is the that's government going to use very the powers that be you know what i mean yeah so my my biggest concern isn't so much that we see a a, a rally a bull run my concern is what is the trigger for the bull run? Mm, um, yeah. I did a video yeah. back in September, maybe, maybe, maybe August, but sometime August, September, where I talked about how a $10,000 XRP isn't, isn't just a possibility. It's, it's a, it's a mathematical inevitability. And it's because there is only a hundred billion XRP. There'll never be another one. Actually, there'll be less, you know, as, as, they, as, the, as the it burns. Burn. Yeah. yeah. But, there will always be more dollars printed every day and it's only a matter of time until it's worth 10,000, you know, whether that happens in five years or it happens in a hundred years, it will happen. Now the real question is what does that translate to in real world value is, is a $10,000 XRP going to buy me a new motorcycle or is it going to buy me a cheeseburger? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, that's that's my big concern about valuation rise is is will it only be due to inflation? Now I don't think that that's likely. Um, to be honest, I don't think it'll be inflation caused. I think that there is going to be a a mass migration, um, but I think that a lot of that migration will go to Bitcoin initially. Yeah, I can um, see that because that's what everyone's going to know. Yeah. Off the exactly. top of their head. Bitcoin yeah. is cryptocurrency. That's where we go. You know, yeah. It's Stockholm syndrome. You know, you, it doesn't matter that somebody's somebody's keeping you hostage. You know them and you're comfortable with, with what you know, even though it's not healthy for mm-hmm. you. And so people will go to that thing. Um, and so I think that's Bitcoin will rally from a public perspective. The question though comes from where do corporations go? 
where does the real money, the 99% of the pie, where do they put their money? Because that's what really matters at the end of the day. You know, a lot of people like to pretend that, that the people can have this financial revolution if 99% of the people go into Bitcoin, but if it's the wrong 99%, and, you know, it's not, they don't have even half of that top 1% in that, then it's irrelevant. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not even 50% of the money. And so that other one, that 1% can then take their other 50% and say, no, no, uh, I don't care that you, that Bitcoin's worth this much. We're not accepting it as legal tender. And so you're not going to be able to spend it unless you spend it amongst yourselves and go ahead. But you're not, you don't have the control of the means of production. You're not Walmart. You're not Amazon. You don't. You don't have our vendors. Good luck. Go go go. Try and trade them in your small farmers market, and then everybody else who can't afford to go to the farmers market or the farmers market gets cleared out, they're going to eventually come to us, and they're going to use whatever currency the power structure chooses for them. Yeah. And so I guess uh, that's that why. That ties into a little bit of earlier what we were talking about with Q and uh, speaking yeah. about like the, the state and the government. I, I kind of feel like they, I say they, the powers that be, the elitists, the controllers, the ones that are behind the puppets that tell us what we're supposed to do, they're, they won't allow it to collapse completely. No, they won't. And, and they're, uh, they're a lot smarter and a lot more uh, unified than the people ever will be. I can they're see in that. power yeah, for a reason. They're in power for a reason, and it's not because they're a bunch of idiots. They're, they're, Probably all narcissistic, egotistical monsters, <laughs> but you know they probably have um, come from the same bloodlines. Throw that out there. Yeah, Why not? Uh, but you know, there's there's this thing. You know, um, I before crypto, I was studying neuroscience and psychology. That was that was my field in, in college, and it was okay. it wasn't it wasn't necessarily because I wanted to be a, a neuroscient or a, a a neurologist or a neurosurgeon or anything like that. It's because um, first and foremost, I wanted to understand myself, but also because I wanted to be able to apply that understanding to society at large and really understand the human condition. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that also led me into it is that I realized that, well, you know, a lot of people look at a, a lot of really successful individuals like, like Marcus Zuckerberg, for example, like, well, this guy, he made Facebook. He must, he must have a degree in like, you know, uh, electrical engineering or, 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 <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. or you know, uh, software engineering or something like that. No, he has a background in psychology. Yeah, that's interesting. He knows how to manipulate you. That's why Facebook won, because he understands how the human condition operates, and therefore he's using that knowledge and applying it to apply it to his company to pull people, to pull attention. And that's why he was successful and MySpace wasn't, because he applied basic concepts of, of conditioning, of, of behavioral conditioning. It's almost like reverse interrogation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think about that before. Yeah, that's, that's a really good way to look at it. Um, but yeah, it's, wow. <laughs> My mind's kind of like spinning now. Um, but yeah, so the, the point though that I was going to go at was, you know, when I, when I really apply my background to um, how the system is controlled, you know, a, a lot, it's very apparent to a lot of us that those in control are, you know, uh, there's a lot of people, well, I'll go this route. I'll say a lot of conspiracy theorists like to label the elites as aliens, as reptilian. Mm -hmm. I've heard that so many times why? over the last 15 years of my life. 
yeah, so why do we, why, well, I can say we, because I don't know, I don't actually buy into this, but uh, why did they label them as reptilian? Because they're cold, uncaring, heartless individuals. Yeah. Okay, they're psychopaths. Now, that's why they call them the people because they they're cold. Yeah, they they they, they yeah, have they lack heat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're they're just cold individuals. They're and, and they're cold. They're they're apparently cold because most of them are socio or psychopathic. Now, it's really easy as as a as a neurotypical individual to to label a psychopath as just it's just a monster. They're just a They're just they're just a self-absorbed you know, monster. They don't, they don't care about anything but themselves. They don't know anything but their own needs, mm -hmm. but that's not true. Psychopaths are on average two standard deviations more intelligent than the average person. That's one reason why they're so successful in life. You know, that, that's one reason why most CEOs are on the set, on the antisocial personality disorder spectrum. Yeah. They, they, they suffer with some degree of psychopathy and it's like they're too smart. They're too intelligent, and yeah, they have to find yeah, a coping mechanism to to exist among normies or common folk or regular people. Yeah, and and uh, as somebody who is is like really high functioning on an IQ spectrum, I I can witness in myself a lot of um, of antisocial personality sort of traits. I'm not. I don't have psychopathy. I don't think you know. Maybe a little in not, some ways. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit narcissistic <laughs> at times, right? Uh, Self-admitted narcissism at times. Okay. okay um, yeah. But that that comes from the the observation of a position of of intellectual superiority over so many so many people a lot. Right? So oh, an awareness of those around you and yourself, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like um, I think that in a lot of these individuals in these higher social circles, not only do they have this this uh, realization that they are at least a standard deviation more intelligent, meaning that you know 80% of the population is less intelligent than them, that just statistically, but they're also more economically you know, gifted from, their, from birthright or through some luck of the universe or through a clever business play they made early in their lives. And then you tack on the fact that you know, the, the way that the system pulls those in a monetary position of power higher up that ladder while pushing everybody else down, that, that gives a sense of sovereignty or of, 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 of divinity almost to these individuals. And so the, the, the cultural structure actually amplifies those psychopathies within them, those, those behaviors. And so that creates this mindset. And so um, something that uh, I've had to stress to a lot of my very liberal friends regarding Donald Trump uh, uh, to go to the best example in America um, yeah, is yeah. that a lot of people want to look at him like he's an idiot. You know, a lot of people on the left, they're like, oh, he's a, he's a total buffoon, total idiot. He's just a narcissist, self-absorbed. And I'm like, you don't understand. First of all, this man's been an actor for 20 years, a professional actor selling you a narrative on TV for 20 years. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. And, and if you observe the, the difference in his behavior in one appearance versus another, it's very apparent that the stupid is an act. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, look, Ronald Reagan was an actor and he was like one of the, yeah. considered one of the best presidents ever of, you know, so. And I think that, I think in, in 
assuming America doesn't collapse, I think that Trump will honestly be treated in a very similar way. I'm not a fan of Trump. Just to be really clear, just after stating but, that. Yeah, I understand a, what you're, where you're going. But he will be viewed that way because of the cult mentality around him and the way he is personifying himself and the way he has manipulated the system while in office to, to paint himself in a historical context as this, this great individual. And it's disgusting. And it's, you know, it's not good for you or I or any normal American, the things that he's doing, but that won't matter in 50 years yeah. because that pain will be felt by, by our grandchildren. Yeah, you know, earlier you said something about how um, the 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 ease of having somebody can t- tend to things in the backdrop for you because we're this great empire, right? And I mm-hmm. think a lot of the people that are like extremist, hardcore following um, the political uh, escapades that we're seeing right now, th- th- they're members of that uh, group that think that at the end of the day, when I go to sleep, I know that this, this administration is going to take care of this country and they're going to, they're going to um, make everything okay. But like it ties into what you're saying is that's a different kind of uh, mental, what, what's the word for it? I don't even know the word for it. It's definitely a cerebral and it's, it's such, such a manipulation of things that you, you can control people like that is what, what I'm getting yeah. at this. Basically what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. It's, it, is, it is a manipulative uh, behavior. It's, it's, a, it's a seductive um, pitfall or a tra- trap, I guess you could say, that it's very easy for followers, which most of us are. Most, most all humans are followers by nature. Um, a lot of us like to view ourselves as leaders, but you know, put somebody in a position of leadership and find out just how quickly they're a follower. You know, if they're, um, not, if they're not killed by their followers, then they'll 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 fall on their own, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you'll fa- they'll fall on their own blade if if uh, if they have to, if somebody else doesn't take the control from them. Um, but it's it's a very it, you know it's it's always it's been a very interesting uh, thing to observe, especially with within American politics lately. But you know, I, within it's, it's also really interesting because you can apply that same understanding to, to uh, uh, well, not same understanding, I guess, a little bit different, but you can apply the same dynamics to how the crypto cults work. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's kind of a lot of the same, but different. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, it's, for me, it's like when I, when I look at, uh, one of the things that I, I pride myself in is that I am very, as a person, I, I'll stick to my guns on a point, right? Until mm-hmm. if if I if I am informed about something, like I will I will defend it vehemently until the grave. Under one circumstance, if somebody points out something I don't know and it relates to whatever that point is I'm defending, then I'm like I just fall apart. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I'll be yeah. back in five minutes or an hour. <laughs> let me go check you know? that out. Yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me go down that rabbit hole real quick, and then I'll come back. You know, maybe a changed man if it's if it's really that impactful. And so, like, uh, I, I, you know, I, I pride that myself on being a steadfast individual who's still open minded, and mm-hmm. that's really a hard thing for I think any of us to really balance. You know, because I think that even myself saying I pride myself on it, it's really 
interesting dynamic, you know, because it's, it's familiarity complex. It's familiarity, right? And that's what I mean that there's a lot of similarity between crypto cult and in this, this, this political phenomenon that we witness how, how people are so easily controllable and that we, we gravitate towards what we understand. Yeah. Our comfort and, zones as well, you know? Yeah. And so when I, when I get into a comfort zone, I make a very, I, I, it's like a, it's almost like impulsive at this point. As soon as I be, find myself comfortable with the viewpoint, I have to find a way to debunk it. I have to, I have to find out, okay, how can I prove myself wrong? Well, that's know? probably how you found out that a lot of the conspiracy stuff is actually true. Yeah. <laughs> because you, yeah. you know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, Exactly. That's, that's why, I, that's why I, I hold to that statement that there is truth in most conspiracies. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. I agree with that. It's also why I, I hold to the fact that, you know, most, most conspiracy is bullcrap. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you can go I both ways. Just to dig myself out and be like, I wasted six months on that. Why did I do that to myself? But it's, it's for the, the pursuit of, uh, of knowledge, the pursuit of understanding. And I, I think that it's, uh, disingenuous of any of us to to not take those journeys, even if it seems like it's a it's a waste of 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 you know our brain's capital, our brain's uh, ability to. Have, we only have so much time, right? To mm -hmm. to focus on so many. The window is closing, life. and once yeah, you realize exactly. the window is closing, it's already closed a lot more than you think it has, right? <laughs> yep, exactly. And I think though that the trap of that though is that most people see that that limited time frame we have. And so they become so afraid of exploring beyond their own understanding that they become trapped in a singular thought pattern, basically their whole lives. And then therefore they never grow. We never mm -hmm. grow as individuals because we're so, we're so worried that we're going to fall down a rabbit hole that we don't realize we spent our whole lives in one. Yeah. That's a good, wow. That's a good way to put it. We spent our, we've all spent our whole lives inside of, one rabbit hole or another. Yeah, and it's it. it's it's a it's a it's a very interesting uh, condition, I guess. I guess is the only way to really term it. You know, it's human. It, it, it's it's why one reason why I use the term Jade Martian and, and associate as being from Mars because I don't. It's really hard for me to to um, understand why people choose that route, even though I can intellectualize it. You know, and and explain it from that perspective i can't resonate with it well, you know well, you you were one of the ones who uh decided to uh retire from the rabbit hole that you're in and go to find some new ones and and yeah you know i, I I'm, I'm like that as well you know q q he is too we all left what we knew and went on to different things but there's a lot of people who never ADHD. take that leap <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it, it might be brain damage but hey yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I, that's what I blame. I blame my, I blame my ADHD. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, we didn't fit in. It's not because we were better, but we were worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what society will say, right? We're, yeah, we're, yeah. The, we're the screwed up ones. How yeah. dare you, how dare you become uh, bored with, with your control system, with your, yeah. with your narrative that we tell you, stop yeah. thinking outside the box, weirdo. Yeah. But check this out, man. We gotta we gotta continue this on another episode if you're down to come back. But I want you to go ahead and uh, say what you gotta say and plug everything that you have. Oh, all right. yeah, uh, definitely. Well, first off, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. It was an absolute blast. An yeah, hour and a half went by like it was minutes. Like, yeah, I feel like there's so much more we could absolutely talk about if you would you guys want to have me back. I'd oh yeah, for sure. 
But um, to anybody interested in, you know, following anything else that I have to say predominantly, as, as we talked about earlier, I predominantly want to talk about XRP, but I've been getting more in social issues, econo social economic issues on my channel over at the Martian Report on YouTube. Martian as in Little Green Man from Mars. Um, so check me out there or Jade Martian on Twitter, or Jade Martin rather, on Twitter, J-A-Y-E-D-M-A-R-T-I-N is my at. And uh, yeah, those are my two primary social media platforms that anybody can reach out to me on. And uh, I appreciate you guys once again having me on. It was a blast. Yeah, dude, it was a pleasure. Uh, I really love your YouTube channel. Go, go sub it if you haven't. Go check him out on Twitter. He's got a lot of good stuff to say. Hey, man, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good night. You too. Later. Peace. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to Unshackled Liberty. If you wanted to follow me on Twitter, I am at Q underscore abolitionist. Gumbo is at Crypto Gumbo. Our show account is at Unshackled underscore L. If you like what you're hearing and you'd like to subscribe, please do so. Please give us a good rating. If you leave a good review at Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the next episode. If you want to leave us a voicemail to be included on the next show, and if it's funny and clean, we will do so. You can do that at anchor.fm slash Unshackled Liberty. You can also donate to help us create more content at anchor.fm slash Unshackled Liberty or at patreon.com slash Unshackled Liberty. We thank you for your time. We thank you for your listenership. We love each and every one of you. And don't forget to listen to all of the other shows on the frat.